Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, people of the world? It's Sally Cassidy to bring you here live and direct from L.A. Hope everything's going well this day of February 23rd, 2020. I know you've often been wondering, okay, where is this guy? He sets the show, then he moves the show. He sets the show, then he moves the show. Then the show's not there anymore. Is this a challenge I've been doing? You've heard me mention it before in a couple episodes, uh, dealing with a health, a health issue. Uh, I actually had another surgery within um, this past Tuesday, the second in, I believe, four months. Was it three months? I think it's three months. Not too sure. So, you know, it's the lead up is always depressing and I get a little down about it. And it's like, oh, my God, once again, then it's the recovery. Then I'm out of the classroom for a couple of days. And it's just a challenge mentally. It can be mentally draining for those who have had operations especially multiple operations, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So that's been the challenge as well. Plus, you know, really moving to upgrade our equipment. There's uh, some mics I want to get. The ones you used way back in the day were really cool. But what happened is that when we switched laptops, the jacks aren't the same. So it's not one jack for the mic, one jack for the headphones. Now they're combined. And if you get the wrong set of headphones, as I did, I got headphones for um, an iPhone and not an Android. That becomes even more troublesome because now I have to use my iPad. <laughs> so... You know, sometimes the interface on an iPad is not as uh, fluid as you would like it to be. So that's been a challenge as well. Because, you know, I like my quality to be nice and righteous, nice and clear, nice and crisp and things like that. Because, you know, there's really a lot of things I like to talk about. There's really a lot of things I like to get into. And you're taking your time out to listen to what I have to say. And hopefully, you know, prayfully, you know, just send me some topics you want me to talk about. Because, you know, today we're going to talk about this woke narrative, this diversity narrative. And then... You know, in the future, we're going to do an L, uh, episode on the LGBT community or LGBT plus community or a community, whatever it may be. You know, is there is are they as are they as inclusive as they want others to be? Uh, are they as inclusive as they want others to be inclusive with their community? Because I've talked to a few of my friends in the community. You know, we've had lunch and, and just had discussions come up, and I've seen a couple of videos which have which are very fascinating. One had to do with um. I believe one was a Latino, another one was uh, two brothers, you know, two, uh, two black American men, what have you. And they were talking about the racism that they experienced within the gay community, which is fascinating because a friend of mine who was a black lesbian or just a lesbian, just, you know, non-Anglo, what have you. She had, I remember to this day when she has articulated, she goes, you know, Saeed, the, the, the gay white men are just as racist as their heterosexual brothers, you know, uh, heterosexual Anglo men, which is very fascinating to me because I don't think a lot of people hear that narrative. And then when I started studying hate crimes and things like that, you see the numbers are very interesting. And you're asking yourself, why is there not more noise made about these things? But that's a conversation for another day. Today's topic I'm going to definitely talk about is this woke thing, which I hate the word. I can't. It's up there with people of color, because when you say people of color. What exactly does that mean? Oh, that's right. It means non-Anglo people. Right. So but it also assumes that we're, the people of color are one group, but we're not one group. You know, the hardest time I've had in L.A. has been from Latinos, not from Anglos. It's not like, you know, back in Boston during the race wars or the balkanization of Boston or, you know, the lingering racism that's still there, what have you, which is, I'm talking it was outright hostility. It's just, it assumes that there's a high, you know, there's actually in this of color, you know, 
It reminds too much of South Africa during apartheid where the Indians referred to all the blacks. If you weren't black and you weren't uh, uh, white or Anglo, you were referred to as the colored, right? And when I hear that term, it just reminds me that because, you know, we're not all the same in that group. We can't come together and say, oh, my God, you know, we have to fight against the Anglos because we're people of color. Are you serious? You should see the racism that's within that group of the people of color just amongst each other's group in the in the group itself. It's amazing. It's it's really fascinating. And plus, you know, there's you know, there's a higher you know, it's not saying we're saying we are, you know, people you know of color do not have the same oppression. I mean, oppression is oppression. But then there's hardcore, brutal enslavement oppression. You know, the Native Americans can talk about because they know what it's like to have their people almost genocide, you know, from existence, what have you. So we're definitely going to do an episode on this of people of color, you know, term that people just love to throw around because for me, it's just whack. That's that's, I'm not the only person that said there's an article I had read, but let's get back to the groove here because, you know, I've been looking at media the last few weeks, you know, YouTube, Instagram, the news outlets, print media. And there's been this weird balkanization of media between those that think that they are the spokesperson for whatever cause they think deserves attention and those too afraid to speak honestly for fear of retribution from the first group. Quote, woke, end quote, which according to Wikipedia is defined as, quote, as a political term of African-American origin refers to a perceived awareness of issues concerning social justice and racial justice. It is derived from the African-American vernacular English expression, quote, stay woke, uh, end quote, whose grammatical aspect refers to a continuing awareness of these issues, end quote. Yeah, okay. Um. <laughs> you know, there is, Essence Magazine had a post up a little while ago, which I have to figure out a way to incorporate. I'll probably play it on as an intro to one of my upcoming shows, what have you. And... It was, I believe, it was Essence, uh, Essence.com, April 17th, 2017. Go look it up. It's t- entitled, What Does It Mean to Be Woke? And you have a couple of sisters there speaking. You have Miss Shonda Rhimes, uh, Miss Sabrina Fulton, Miss Linda Sarsour, who's very interesting, very polarized to a lot of people because she seems to embrace and bask in the, the criticism of what she sees as injustice. Yet she doesn't really seem to do anything to correct that injustice. And she gets really smug about it. It seems just just from the videos I've seen in the interview she's done, what have you, where she seems to get very smug about it during these conversations. And I always find that just to be somewhat interesting. But anyways, there's a uh, Miss Tamika Mall- Mallory. There's Miss Carmen Perez. There's Miss uh, Lovey Ajaya. There's Miss J J Ann Reed. Miss Brittany Packnett. Miss Janae Ingram. Miss Opel. Uh, Tometi, hope I pronounced that the last thing correctly, and Miss Angela uh, Rye. They're they're the actual speakers on there, and they're engaging in conversation among themselves, and they have T-shirts that say "Stay Woke." You can probably see a glimpse of it on the slideshow that plays on this episode, what have you. And one thing that stood out was what there was a line in there where they talked about is when you speak, when you're finally, when you're aware of the things happen, when you you're finally, oh, what was that term? When you're finally aware of what's happening. Right. In fact, yeah. when you're finally aware of what's happening, you have to make, you know, you, you have to go make a difference. And I asked myself, well, that's a very fascinating. In a minute, let me let you hear, let me let you hear for yourself. To me, being woke means that you recognize that the world is not a simple place, that everything is not all equal, that justice has not 
happened yet for everyone and that there is a lot of work to be done. Your eyes are wide open and you're paying attention. And you're reaching out and speaking to people along the way and bringing them on and to increase the amount of wokeness in your community. Being woke is like eyes wide open, everything is clear. You can always see things that other people can just ignore or they just don't know. Woke for me is just being outraged all the time and being able to stay human and feel outraged about injustice that is happening around me. It's being uncomfortable all the time and making sure that I'm speaking on behalf of those that can't speak up for themselves. Some people know what's happening around them, but they are not doing anything. They're just like, right. well, it is what it is. That yeah, could be Black Hollywood. Woke means that you actually take it upon yourself to be like, this is something I need to fix. Yeah. I need to be part of the solution. And I mean, the thing is to, to do that, knowing that you can fix it, whatever your level or platform is, because yeah. there's always an opportunity for you to do just a little something to support them. I also think about what words actually mean and how yeah. we give them power, right? Are you just gonna wear it across your chest, but actually not live it out? Or are you going to give this word a meaning with your actions, with your daily commitment? And I think in order for us to really progress, we're going to need people to really step out of their comfort zones and have those uncomfortable conversations and not just live in a space where they get to preach to people who already understand yeah. what it means. Can I agree more? I think to be woke means that you are aware of the issues and the world around you. I believe it means that you are engaged in the work of justice. This is a time where we just, we can't afford to be asleep. You have to be all the way alert. Without action on the knowledge that we have now, our world will never change. And we need that more. On the that. knowledge that we have now, that was the term. All right, you know, so I personally enjoyed watching it because I don't really get a chance to see a lot of clips where I see sisters talking to each other, women talking to each other, just having a conversation, just, you know, a great location and no arguing, no cussing each other out, no, you know, bitch this and all that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed watching this video because, again, it was just a conversation among the sisters. It's like brothers in the barbershop. But there was, a, there was a, a, that term, you know, from what we know now. Well, what do we know now? That isn't different from last year, year before, year before that, 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s, the 10s, the 1800s, what have you. What what do we know now? What, police brutality? Okay, we have been doing for that for years. What, a high unemployment, um, high dropout rate, low home ownership, low equity in the home in terms of, uh, I believe that household income for a black family now is $44,000. A Latino family, I think it's $49,000. Um, Anglo family, I believe it's $125,000, something like that. I mean, what information do we know? Now? What, Google, Wikipedia, Bing, Microsoft Edge? What? That's the thing that gets me is, you know, being woke is all of a sudden to make it seem like we've come out of some kind of coma as a people and say, wow, look at the world around us. You mean like Rodney King, the, Rots, the Watts riots, you know, um, the, um, the essential race wars in Boston that took place back in the day when Boston was literally like, it was... There are places black folks could not go unless you want to take your life into your own hands. I mean, what exactly are we being are we more aware of now? You know, I was watching Black Lightning a couple of months uh, months ago. I can't remember the episode and the lead guy who plays Black Lightning was talking to his daughter. And she asked a question about why things happen the way they do in their community, what have you. I can't remember exactly. But to paraphrase, he, he essentially said, and he, this is actually what he said to her. He goes, well, you know, when people aren't woke. And I actually wanted to throw the TV across the room. I'm not lying. I have a flat screen, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't want to throw it, <laughs> but yet. And I'm like, what do you mean when people aren't woke? 
I know people, if, if people, there are a lot of people out there right now who are doing business in the community. We don't, we don't acknowledge them. You know, there's a lot of people out there who know what's going on. They don't care. You know, I, I always go back to when my country of Democratic Republic of the Congo, then it was then Zaire. And we got invaded by Rwanda. It was like around 98, the first African World War. And then we had the second African World War. We had, well, Rwanda invaded our country and Mobutu was in power. And then when they replaced Mobutu, what have you, with uh, uh, MZ, the late Laurent Kabila, he turned against the Rwandans and somewhat the Ugandans as well because they were part of the, the invasion force to a certain extent. We got invaded again by Rwanda and this time joined by Uganda. We had like about, it was like three countries on one side, five on, it was literally a world war as they want to call it. And I recall, I don't recall, you know, we were losing people like 30,000 a month, 3,000 a day. It was, it was, it was not good, right? Those numbers are kind of off, but I'm just going off the top of my head at this moment. And I don't recall, outside of a few individuals, maybe an organization here or here or there, but most of those organizations were trying to make money and careers and names for themselves off the carnage in our country, what have you. I don't recall any of Black Hollywood standing up. In fact, if I recall correctly, President, President Kagame, dictator Kagame, came to Hollywood and he was hanging out at, what was this? I can't remember the guy's name, but I remember Chris Tucker was there. Because there's a nice, great picture of them all hugging up and smiling. And everybody's all happy, what have you. This guy is like the black, he's like the African Hitler. He's killed so many people, not just in his own country, but in my country. He invaded twice. He didn't care. He looted the country. He didn't care who suffered. They were hunting down refugees. He didn't care. So where was the outrage of, imagine Hitler or, or, or Goering visiting the United States, visiting Brooklyn. All right, or oh, what's that place in uh, New York where all the Jewish brothers and sisters live? Imagine them visiting the United States in 1942, and folks out there taking pictures out there, especially the Jewish brothers and sisters. Could you imagine? The, could you imagine the outcry? The out? Oh my God! Imagine. So the thing is, here's another example of this woke uh, mentality, what have you. There's a photo, I believe, of a of a B-25, a B-25 bomber, United States uh, Air Force at that time. I, or it might have been a B-24, might have been a Mitchell, I'm not too sure, a Mitchell or Liberator. They're on the way to a bombing mission, obviously because it's a bomber. And the picture's black and white. And in the background, in the background, you can see a concentration camp. It's not on fire. It's not being bombed up. There's no troops around it. They're literally flying over. A, it's literally in the background to the right of the picture. Next time I do a show with, when I talk about, you know, mass genocide, Holocaust, and mass murder and things like that, I'm actually going to post that photo. It was very fascinating. They were woke. They knew what was going on. They knew about our brothers, our Jewish brothers and sisters and, and, and the non-quote-unquote Aryan uh, brothers and sisters of the Nazi regime, the Nazi party, who were getting annihilated, the handicapped, the, the disabled, the people viewed as less than, the horrible experiments. They, know, they knew about that stuff. There's a picture, they're flying right over the concentration camps. But this is also at the same time when a boat full of the Jews trying to flee, the, you know, the Nazi Germany, when they came to, towards the American shores, were turned back. They were woke. They knew what was going on. We're seeing the same thing right now. There's so many things. Syria, there's all the, the, uh, the Rohingya getting murdered by the, by the Burmese over there. The Myanmar, I believe, is taking place right now. Mind, they're Buddhists that's committing the genocide. These people, are getting, these people are getting annihilated. And I mean raped murdered, displaced. Where's the outcry? Look what's happening in Yemen. That, 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 that a lot of people have been talking about. My debaters have been arguing about that during this, their, their policy debate begins since the beginning of the season this past October. People are aware of that. All these people talk about being woke. Okay, are they woke 
only when it has to do with people that look like them? Is it, is it, are they woke only when it has to do with the United States? Are they woke only when it has to do with this city? Are they woke when it has to do with the city block? Or is it cool to say, yeah, I'm woke. Okay, you're woke to what? Stay woke. Stay woke to what? It's like the young lady said in this, this, that clip, and I thought, I really enjoyed that, that particular line. She says, it's like, you know, you want to avoid preaching to people that already are aware. Well, the problem with a lot of people that, that are running this woke narrative is that the people they're talking to are already aware, and they're already out there doing stuff, and they've been out there doing stuff. The problem is that a lot of these people running this woke nar- narrative are the ones who are like essentially Johnny or Johnette come lately. Where you been all these years? You know, it, it's just fascinating to me. That, 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 you know, look, if you're so woke, why don't you go out there and vote? If you're so woke, why don't you go register and vote? If you're so woke, why don't you go over there and ask yourself in the mirror, what am I exactly am I doing that's making a difference somewhere? Because I was just I was just going to the police station the other day to use the ATM machine down there because it's part of my network that, of my school's first credit union. And I saw homeless people. I saw those homeless little shelters all over the place. I don't know where they're getting the money to buy them, but they're all over the place. And I mean, they're blocking sidewalks. Okay, where's the woke? It seems like people are only woke to skid roll on Thanksgiving and Christmas. So they can walk, they can go down there with their little friends and set up a little table and get some food there and have all the homeless people line up and then take a picture and say, look, here we are feeding the homeless people. Here, look what we're doing. Where are they at the next day? Christmas time, there they are going down. We have to help the less fortunate. This, that, this, that. We have to go do something for them. Let's go give us some food. Let's go. Do... We're not going to create jobs. We're not going to create homes for them. We're not going to create opportunities. No, we just go down there and give some canned stuff because we're gonna go... it's probably our church mission. Or we're going to go down there and make our feel. Here's some pictures for our Instagram. Here's some pictures for our Facebook. Here's some pictures for our Snapchat or WhatsApp or whatever we use. And then the next day, where they at? It's like this uh, rhyme my brother has, Dr. Omekongo. Uh, that he's, he got a PhD, I think, like two years ago, and I'm so proud. Wish I was there to celebrate with them. But it's like he said, there's a line he says, and I'm paraphrasing, where black folks only on church on Easter and Christmas, something like that. And when people hear that line, they always fall. These are black people falling out when they hear that line because it's so true. So where's all this wokeness coming from? So the thing for me is, if, if it, I think that's woke thing is whack. But let me, you know, I, 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 I it's. Let me let me continue. So I watched the celebration of mediocre movies that were praised simply because they had women behind the camera, had a majority of black cast, or in the case of the Academy Award winning movie Parasite being praised as though, quote, you know, I don't even want to say quote, Parasite is being praised as though crazy rich Asians wasn't popular just a few months ago. Or the Crouching Tiger, uh, hit, or that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon didn't win Best Foreign Language Film, Best Art Direction, Best Original Score, and Best Cinematographer at, at I believe the 2001 Academy Awards. It was the Academy Awards, but I might be off about the year, right? So at least we do not mention the open hostility which seems to be happening right now towards white men. We call them Anglo's among my students, what have you, including Bray, Captain Marvel, Larson. <sighs> This woke narrative and this diversity is a diversity or is a distraction. I think it's more of a distraction. Let me, let me play something that the, the Daily Truth, this from the YouTube channel. And these guys, these ladies, these, the gentlemen over the people over the Daily Truth, they always bring it. This is a video they posted up uh, March 7th, 2019. And I believe it has over a million, excuse me, has like over a million views right now. Right. And it talks about the title of it. It's called Brie Larson Hates White Men in Hollywood. Let's give it a listen. 
As you all know, there's a new Marvel movie coming out, Captain Marvel, with the main star being Brie Larson. But let's not talk about the movie Captain Marvel. We'll take a look at the movie star Brie Larson. She's been creating a lot of controversy lately. She's actually a good actress, and she may even be good as a Captain Marvel, but she's definitely not good at promoting the movie. Because a lot of comic book fans are starting to hate her. And the reason why was because she attacked movie critics, but not just any movie critics. She specifically attacked white movie critics, saying that the overwhelming majority of the movie critics are old white men. The story is that there was a movie called A Wrinkle in Time and that movie got pretty bad reviews from the critics. Currently it has 42% on the Rotten Tomatoes. Obviously Brie Larson liked this movie and she thinks the movie got bad reviews because the majority of the movie critics are old white men and that a movie like A Wrinkle in Time isn't made for them. But it's not just the critics who didn't like the movie. The audience also didn't like the movie. At the previously mentioned site Rotten Tomatoes the movie currently has a 27% audience score and on IMBD it has a 4.2 rating which is pretty bad. Talk about something that's really important important to me. I'd like to bring to light an aspect of our industry that has risen to the surface in the last week. It's an issue that's been bubbling. She makes it seem like she's like, like the oppressed. Who is she sounding? Has a solution that each one of us in this room can participate in. So earlier this week, USC Annenberg's inclusive initiative released findings that 67% of the top critics reviewing the 100 highest grossing movies in 2017 were white males. Less than a quarter were white women and less than 10% were unrepresented men. Only 2.5% of those top critics were women of color. Women of color? So what does that mean? Right now, like, wow, that super doesn't represent the country that I live in and that's because that's true. This is a huge disconnect from the US population breakdown of 30% white men 30% white women, 20% men of color, and 20% women of color. Of color. So why does that matter? Hmm. Why am I up here giving you statistics when I could be spending this time talking about my publicist? Um, Lindsay, who I love, and thank you so much for bringing Jesse up here and making me super emotional while I rattle off percentages of people. This is Brie Larson as an Academy this. Award, by the way. Am I saying that I hate white dudes? No, I'm not. But what I am saying is, is that you make a movie that is a love letter to women of color. There is an insanely low chance a woman of color will have the chance to see your movie and review your movie. But that doesn't matter for Brie Larson because in her mind, older white men can't enjoy certain movies, which is a pretty stupid thing to say because saying that all white men are the same and that all white men enjoy the same thing, the same movies, is in all honesty a pretty racist thing to say. But that's what the modern left is all about, attacking the white men and blaming all the problems in the world on white men, calling for more diversity in all industries, which in reality just means less white men. But we'll see what kind of reviews Captain Marvel will get because in the past we saw some movies with more leftist themes got really good reviews even though these movies aren't that good. For example, movie Black Panther currently has a 97% on the Rotten Tomatoes, even though it was a pretty average comic book movie. The exact same thing can it be was said average. for movies like Wonder Woman, which again was an average comic book movie, but it had a feminist theme in it. It has a 93% on the Rotten Tomatoes, and it's the same with the female version of the movie Ghostbusters, which was a terribly unfunny comedy. It also has a pretty high rating of 74%. Now let's take a look at this Ben Shapiro video of him responding to claims made oh, by Brie Larson. Oh, God. Oh, he went in. And this is how you end up with the ridiculous spectacle, the ridiculous, insane spectacle of Brie Larson, an actress who does not know things, 
speaking at the Women in Film Festival about her new movie, Captain Marvel. Now, the, the execs over at Disney have just got to be beside themselves because it turns out that a lot of the people who like to go watch comic book movies are young men. And Captain Marvel was already a little bit outside the box in the sense that it is a female superhero. Now, young men will go see a female superhero. They will. Wonder Woman made a boatload of money at the office, at the box office. But Brie Larson suggests that America is a sexist, bigoted, terrible, homophobic place. And then she goes even further. She says that she doesn't care if white people go to see her movies because she's not going to take criticism from white people. She is a white woman. Here she is going off, again, backing the woke narrative. And what this is really meant to do, seriously, what this is meant to do is provide cover. Because for people who are at least half clever, if they understand that the media is willing to provide cover for anyone who echoes the woke narrative, then the best thing to do is to echo the woke narrative, right? That way, if your movie is a bomb and it sucks, then they can just blame all of those terrible, no good, very bad boys. It's all those, it's all those boys who wouldn't go see the movie because they were sexist. It's not that your movie was garbage. It's that these evil, terrible boys, it, it was, you remember, we, we did this with, the, with, with Lady Ghostbusters. Lady Ghostbusters is not a good movie. I'm not even a fan of the original Ghostbusters. Lady Ghostbusters is not a good movie. But because it was made with women, and because it didn't do well at the box office... They blamed the men. Its, its non-success was not a referendum on the filmmakers. It was a referendum on America's deep sexism. Well, Brie Larson is playing right into that. Here is Brie Larson actively alienating her chief audience so that I guess later she can claim that it's not her fault when the movie, if, if and when the movie bombs. Our industry has gone through a major growth. We are expanding to make films that better reflect the people that buy movie tickets but they are not allowed enough chances to read public discourse on these films by the people that these films were made for. I do not need a 40-year-old white dude to tell me what didn't work for him about A Wrinkle in Time. It wasn't made for him. I want to know what that film meant to women of color, to biracial women, to teen women of color, to teens oh my God. that are biracial. Oh, my oh really? God. Who does she think buys tickets in this country? Does she think that the entire, that, that when Disney sunk $100 million into a wrinkle in time, that they were looking to actively alienate 40-year-old men? Who, by the way, who do you think is bringing their daughters to these movies? It's a bunch of 40-year-old guys. And when I'm 40, my daughter is going to be 10. Okay, I'm going to be the one bringing her to movies with people like Brie Larson. Does she actually think that alienating people like me is going to be big box office? Of course not. She knows that. She's not completely dumb. But she also knows that the media are now going to lay the groundwork for the failure of her film. So if her film falls apart, if it's just a mediocrity, it's going to turn into America's a deeply terrible place. Now, what's hilariously unfalsifiable about this is that if Black Panther does unbelievable business, that is not proof that America is not racist. America is still racist, even if Black Panther does a bajillion at the box office and gets nominated for Best Picture, despite being, in my opinion, the fourth best comic book movie of the last year. America's still racist, even if Black Panther does well. But if Captain Marvel fails, it'll be because of American sexism. Therefore, we need more women empowerment. Therefore, AOC. That's how this math works. It's ridiculous. It's insipid. America's a pretty wonderful place. And ignorance is no, it should not be excused simply because the ignorance tends to support the woke narrative. Yeah, that's pretty much about right. Yeah, and that's the problem. It's like, you know, when you saw... The Lady Ghostbusters, you saw Oceans 8 come out, you saw Charlie's Angels come out. And even when you look at the recent um, Harley Quinn movie, essentially they all bombed. 
I didn't see all four because I essentially I really didn't have it. I didn't see the Wonder Woman because I really had no interest in Wonder Woman when she was in the comic book character. You know, the three icons of DC: Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. And I still don't understand how Batman still functions. He has a suit, he has no powers, and you know, one heat one heat ray, the guy's dead. I want you know, Dark Side and his like you know Omega beams to take him out. But that's another conversation for another day. But. And it, those movies, they bombed in the narrative right now. And again, this goes to the part of, we already talk, t- touched on woke and the whack. I think the woke conversation is whack because there's a lot of people that's aware of what's going on. And they're the ones that's, that, you know, Eddie Murphy was, you want to talk about woke? Okay. Eddie Murphy talked about this years ago at the Academy Award. I remember vividly, I believe he was presenting an award to Michael Jackson, if I recall correctly. Those who were above the age of 40 probably remember that scene. And Eddie was saying this way back in the day when he brought up the aspect of how blacks are represented in the movies and they don't get a lot of love and things like that and what have you. And I remember him saying specifically that he felt like he was not going to get any more work when he made that comment. Literally. In fact, let me see if I can get you a clip of that right now so you can check it out in in case you think I'm missing something here. Let's see here. Yeah, here we go. Why even go into this? Let's have a big round of applause for all the winners tonight, huh? Uh, Yeah. And the the losers tonight, too, because yes to the losers. I know how it feels to be a loser. I know you've got your tux on and you feel real stupid right now. <laughs> For the losers, you got to make them feel good. At first, when they uh, came to me and they said they wanted me to uh, present the award for best picture, my manager came and they told me at the Academy to pick me. And my first reaction was to say, no, I ain't going. And I said, my manager said, but why? And the white manager said, but why? And I said, I said, I'm not going because they haven't recognized black people in the motion picture. And he said, what are you talking about? Black people won Oscars. I said, well, black actors and actresses have won Oscars throughout 60 years. It was like, uh, I think um, Hattie McDaniels won the first one. Then um, Sidney Poitier won one. And Lou Gossett won one. And I'll probably never win an Oscar for saying this. But hey, what the hey? I got to say, um, actually, I might not be in trouble because the way it's been going is about every 20 years we get one. So we ain't due for about, to about 2004. So... <laughs> By that time, this was blown over. I said I wasn't going. And the man said, you just have to go. You can't snub the Academy. So I came out here to do, give the award. I said, but I just feel that we have to be recognized as a people. I just want you to know I'm going to give this award. But black people will not ride the caboose of society. And we will not bring up the rear anymore. I want you to recognize us. He said, well, fine. It's done. I said, now, when do I have to be? They said, well, you don't have to get there until about 9 or 10 because it's the last award of the evening. So I <laughs> And this is what he said. That's what Eddie said back in 1988. 1988. This is when Eddie was, for those who know, this is when Eddie was Eddie. (laughs) Okay. And the thing that gets me is. The funny thing, the, the thing that gets me is that his, his his time frame was right because it was in 2004 when Jamie Foxx won the Academy Award for Ray. So there you go. But this is when Eddie was Eddie. Where are all these black actors now talking? Yes, they have they have platforms. Shauna's doing business and 
um, Viola's doing business and we have, uh, you know, Octavia, she's definitely doing business. I love her. I definitely would like to meet her one of these days and just give her the love, what have you. I remember during the Academy Awards season when Viola was going off talking about the lack of roles for black actresses, Octavia was like smiling, wave, smiling, wave, and she got the Academy Awards. So there you go. And then she started producing. But I, I, I wonder, I think she's one of the producers on Michael B. Jordan's Fruitville, if I recall. But anyways, so the thing is, he talked about it. So what's this woke thing? And I think the problem with this generation, I think Laundry, my friend Laundry brought this up. We met a couple months ago. Laundry, you get Laundry, you need to read that script I gave you, brother. What's going on? He brought this up a little while ago when I was talking about this discourse in reference to not understanding the the diversity in film, quote unquote diversity in film. Because you look at television back in the eighties, twenty one Jump Street, all these TV shows. They were very diverse. 21 looked like they're reading Rainbow. Ironically, you know, this is the name of LeVar Burton's show. Or I think it was Sesame Street or Polly Electric Company or something like that, what have you. But a lot of these shows, they were doing business back then. I'm not saying they were all like, you know, they were all, like it was like, you know, we are the one, you know, we are we are the world, anything like that. But Julia had a show. What's my man? Um, oh, God. Billy Preston was on his show. Nat, I think it was Nat King Cole had a show back in the day. You saw a lot of people getting shows. You saw a lot of women having shows. Cal Burnett, Mary Tyler Moore. You saw a lot of women getting shows. Maude, the Golden Girls. So when I hear this narrative of people talking about it as though women have never been on, they make it seem this generation, and Lana said, you know, if it's people under 35, they're the ones that usually say it because they don't really know the history. I'm not saying a lot of people don't know the history because there are some historians out there who are like 28 years old. But he, he made an interesting point. He goes, look, a lot of these people saying they're under the age of 30, 35, what have you, maybe even 40. They don't understand. They don't know the history. You know, so when I think about when people say we need more strong women, quote unquote, strong women, you know, you, you mean like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who guys are bowing down to. A couple of days ago, I went to, you know, when I saw Rise of Skywalker, I saw an Asian guy come out dressed as Ray. So obviously she's strong. He's strong to him. I mean, we'll talk about her in, in another conversation in reference to the Mary Sue aspect. But you mean like Ripley from Aliens, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Xena, Warrior Queen? My God, she was. She, men were. Men, women, they all loved her back in the day. Um, this Princess Leia, are you serious? Thug Life from like three movies? Who was taking. Grabbed a phase, a blaster, and said, let me go take care of business and get this carpet out of the way while you at it? Are you serious? So the thing is, what movies are a lot of these kids. What are these people talking about? So if we're woke about the struggle, okay, 2008, the Great Recession, the housing crisis came through, and that was taking out entire black neighborhoods, entire la- Everybody suffered from that crisis. It was very acute in the black community, or the, we'll say the quote-unquote urban community, because there's a lot of poor folks, those Appalachian folks, there's a lot of poor Anglo people that live in those communities as well. Who do you think that opioid epidemic right now has been strangling the last couple of years? So the thing is, all this woke enough, you know, it's like, you know, to injustice. We have to keep an eye out for injustice. And, you know, like he said, uh, Mr. Chappelle makes up an interesting point that people do are now making the point of, well, you know, they, people don't like Ray because they, they're, they're, they're misogynist. They don't want to see a strong woman. No, people didn't like Ray because she was poorly written. She had no weakness. And they never explained where she got all these powers. Oh, I'm sorry, into the last movie, she's a Palpatine. That explains how she used uh, the lightsaber. But... Where is her crisis? You know, right? we'll talk about that later on. But I definitely want to touch on that, and especially how Kylo Ren was one of the most under underwritten characters who could have been the villain for this generation. 
But that's another conversation. Let me read something on A Wrinkle of Time in Birds of Prey. A Wrinkle of Time, it grossed $100.5 million in the U.S. and Canada and $32.2 million in other territories for a worldwide total of $132.7 million. Right? That's a total of $132.7 million. We're not including the DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever. Downloads, maybe. Guess how much that is? That's a combined $250 million. Right, was spent on that movie. I'm gonna say it again. A combined two hundred and fifty million dollars was spent on producing the movie and advertising the movie. And this was following Disney's uh, second quarter earnings report. They had to take an over. They had to take, I believe, a hundred million dollar write off for that film. That's how bad it was. So wasn't that the? It had not, this had nothing to do with Anglo men or white men, as Brie Larson saying. This had to do with people just not wanting to see the film. And that includes those young biracial kids, those young teen biracial kids, those young Anglo girls, those young teenagers, and the non-40-year-old Anglo men didn't want to see those movies. The movie bombed. Let's creep down to Birds of Prey. Here's a quote I got here, I believe it's from uh, off Yahoo. In fact, Birds of Prey now has the worst opening box office of that family of movies, DC movies, which includes Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Shazam, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Suicide Squad, the much maligned movie that gave us Margot Robbie's, Margot Robbie's first turn as Harley Quinn. Now, Margot Robbie, she's insane. If you go see the, uh, go see the film, The Big Short, oh, she breaks down. She breaks. That girl's an insane actress. She's an insane actress. I always keep thinking, I heard that she's from Australia. I'm not too sure. Anyways, that was Birds of Prey. Now, what people, where, where is the narrative now when people are talking about, oh, she's the first Asian woman to direct Birds of Prey? Oh, she's the first woman to direct, uh, woman to direct Wonder Woman. Oh, she's the first woman this, the first woman that. You know a woman director whose name escapes me at the moment? The director of um, Baba, the Babadook. She is in, that movie freaked me out. Came out of Australia, nice little play. That, of course, the director's freaking out, wanting to know why it's considered a, a lesbian movie because there's no lesbian in, lesbianism in any kind of way. So she's wondering, like, what are they talking about? So what about her? How come she's not getting the love that everybody keeps talking about when you talk about, oh, I'm woke or oh, we want diversity? I don't see no one talking about her. Now, let me talk about someone that did mention, that did fight for rights, and that was Natalie Portman. When she tried to get a woman to direct one of the, I think it was the third Thor movie or the second Thor movie. And the, I think the deal was getting closed. And what happened? Marvel, those creative differences. And the lady, I believe it was Patty, she left the project. And she went over to direct uh, Wonder Woman, exactly. Uh, the director of Baba Duke, her name was Jennifer Kent. Actress, writer, director. That that movie, The Baba Duke, was her directorial debut. Oh, shoot, that movie is insane. If I could hire her, I definitely would. I believe she did another movie called The Night The Nightingale. I think it came out in 2019. But anyways, so Patty went on to go do Wonder Woman. And I believe it's a, not Shonda. Is it Avril Davernay is doing The Eternals, which let me go. Let me look that up for you all right now. Duvernay, The Eternals. Now, that's going to be an interesting movie because a lot of us were thinking, OK, um, that movie is going to be. Nah, the person that's directing the Eternals is Chloe is uh, uh, Zhao. She's a I can't pronounce the last name. It's Z H A O, and I know there's a way you're supposed to pronounce it, and I'm pronouncing it wrong. But uh, she's a Chinese American film director, screenwriter, and producer. Her first debut single uh, feature film was Songs My Brothers Taught Me. It was at Sundance years ago. She's from Beijing, China, and she did a small you know I don't want to say it's a small film. She did a feature length film. So what they're trying to do is find these new voices. 
yet I haven't, I liked, you know, it's very interesting. Again, her name's Chloe uh, Zhao. I'm sure I'm pronouncing the last name incorrect. So let's see how this movie does. Now, if the movie bombs, uh, they're going to say, oh, my God, it's the misogynist and people won't woke enough to see anything like that. Oh, that makes no sense to me. They have, like, diversity in, you know, what everybody wants, right? That's what's more important. Star Trek came out, and instead of saying it's going to have a great story, a great narrative, they're like, okay, it's going to have a gay man in the film, and it's going to have this. And a lot of these films, oh, it's going to have that. It's going to have lesbians, whatever. I want to see a great story. I want to see a diversity of genres. I want to see a diversity of storytelling, all right? If the person's gay, lesbian, trans, robotic, andro, an android, whatever it may be, an artificial human, I don't care. Is a story good enough for me to invest my time to watch it? If not, what's the point of watching it, right? So let me leave it there with you all. Let me know what you think. Um, I'm definitely checking out the message board. I have a lot of messages. I'm going to read these in the next show. And I just want to say thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out with me. But it's it's just been a real challenge these last couple of days in reference to what people have been talking about in terms of it's, it's like movies now. They're like, okay, it's a feminist movie. It has a feminist message. It has a feminist agenda. Well, femi- feminist for who? What do you mean? Again, this feminism is almost like saying people of color because what are you talking about feminists? You mean like feminists for all women or do you mean feminism for a particular group of women or what are you talking about? Where are you coming from? What, what is, what, who are you addressing? And that's, again, we make these, these terms that are supposed to be all-inclusive, but yet we're not inclusive within the terms itself. We're not inclusive within the movement itself. You know, when it came to the Women's Day March, look what happened there when you had... Black, uh, the Black Lives Matter, that was cr- founded and created by three black lesbians, which a lot of people didn't know, and a lot of people still don't know, right? But I remember when it was the Women's Day March, there was a clash between the Anglo women and the non-Anglo women in reference to the direction. So when people want to talk about these political ideologies or these ideologies, they want to make it seem like, you know, we're all, you know, we are the world, we are the children, or kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. No, it's not like that. So the thing is, Dr. King, at least when he was marching, he had people on the front line. Malcolm had issues with that. But the thing is, now we have movies, okay, it has feminist messages, it has a feminist agenda. Well, feminism, his feminism is defined by Wikipedia, I'm just using it, or um, by, on Google. Uh, the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. Wikipedia says feminism is a range of social movements, political movements, and ideologies that aim to define, establish, and achieve the political, economic, personal, and social equality of the sexes. Women should be treated equal. Women should be paid equal. It's not like women stay at home and do nothing. If you look at the history, look what women have done, what have you. But the, the hierarchy of oppression among the, among the women movement has not been the same. We have to make sure we understand that and articulate that and look at that. But again, that's a conversation we're going to have for another time in reference to inclusion, exclusion. We're definitely going to look at the Democratic National Party's uh, recent candidates, see how they are, how they are, how they are. Uh, uh, how we shall we say how the uh, the large group has parlayed it down to uh, Senator Warren Anglo, Peter Budget Anglo, Joe Biden Anglo, uh, Amy. I love Amy though. I have to give it up on Amy. I love her. Hopefully she'll make it in the cut. Tulsi. I definitely love her. I always wonder what her background is. But I th- oh, she's Hawaiian. But I think it's of Samoan. I'm not too sure. And then you have Bernie Warren. Bernie Warren. Oh my God. Was <laughs> gonna be like that. That won't be um the ticket. Bernie and in a. Elizabeth, you have Bernie Sanders, who took the um, the past three primaries, I believe. So that was very interesting, and that goes def- that definitely highlights the letter um, Senator Cor- U.S. Senator Cory Booker wrote in reference to the lack of uh, quote unquote diversity among the candidates. But you know, 
It's about this capitalism. Who can raise the money to be there? Who can raise the who can raise the awareness to be there? And who can bring the missions? Who can get the packs behind them? Buttigieg is getting he's getting a lot. He has he has heavy money behind him. All right. So let's not act like he's just coming out there with a cup. All right. So a cup and like you know a ten a little tin cup saying hey you know kicking the quarter. But let's talk about that later on. Y'all have a great evening. Have a great day tomorrow, this coming week. Hope everything is well. Um, I'm slowly recovering, getting back to slow health. Thanks for being your patience that we came with our next show. And I'll talk to you all next Sunday. I am gone. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.